On today's episode, we are sitting down with an amazing writer, but one of my favorite chapbook publishers in the world. It's Crystal Simone Smith from Backbone Press. Welcome to episode 25 of The Chapbook. I'm your host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I are directors and editors at Bull City Press, which publishes chapbooks and occasionally full-length books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. We started this podcast to celebrate our love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process, and to highlight folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks. Y'all, it's my buddy. It's a publisher I admire so very much. It's the editor, the founder, I think we could say the maven of Backbone Press. It's Crystal Simone Smith. She's here today. She's the author of several books, most recently Down to Earth, which came out in 2021 from Longleaf Press. She lives right here in Durham in the Bull City, which makes this an even better treat to have her here. And she founded Backbone Press in 2012, where she's edited books from authors like Tyree Day, Allison Joseph, Chloe Martinez, Tara Betts. Amazing. Crystal, welcome to the show. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to talk chat books with you. We've been really lucky in the first season to talk to one or two chapbook makers. And, and so it's really exciting this season to, to get the chance to talk to even more folks who are as excited about this format as we are. I was hoping that you could start off by just giving us a little background on the origin of Backbone Press and how that came about. Yeah, so I started Backbone Press, as, as you said, in 2012. And uh, it was really just a response to the bleak state of uh, diversity in publishing. I think back when I started, there was an article in Publishers Weekly that basically said 89% of the publishing industry was white. And so I found that a bit of problematic. (laughs) And so, so, and I I noticed when I was myself uh, submitting work to, to be published, I was often told, well, go to, you know, venues that sort of focus on what you do. And there were not a lot of venues for, for black authors. And so that, that was a little upsetting to me. And so that's the main reason I started Backbone Press. I had a little bit of time on my hands too. I had finished my MFA from Queens University and I had two small children, really small children at the time. And so it just sort of made sense to start the press. I had also been before I pursued MFA, a graphic designer. So I understood my way around a, a website and I knew mm-hmm. that this could be done via website, uh, basically all, all virtual, you know, even the submission process. So um, it was just sort of a no brainer. Speaking of the graphic design aspect uh, of your work, because Backbone makes really stunning chapbooks. They're just bar none, some of the coolest. And I just Thank have you, to Ross. give a special shout out because you, know, and I've told you this, Crystal, you know that I think maybe the most amazing chapbook cover that's ever been made is one of yours. It's Celeste Dokes's book. Oh, Will yeah. you tell a little bit of the story there? Because I just think that's incredible. Yes. So this is this is really a funny story. Celeste and I are friends and we come from the same writing uh, group. It's called the Carolina African-American Writers Collective here uh, in North Carolina. And so we've known each other for a long time. And I was actually at a um, conference with her. And uh, I said, Celeste, why don't you submit to Backbone Press? And she said, I would, but you don't have a contest. And I thought, wow, 
I really need a chapbook contest. Prior to that, we had uh, just been, you know, had had open submissions. And so people could just randomly, you know, submit. And so I started a chapbook contest because Celeste suggested that. So obviously when I started it, she submitted and she won that year. It's a chapbook of really wonderful poems. Um, They're all about Michelle Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama. Some are ekphrastic. They are ekphrastic poems that respond to the art that Michelle Obama selected in the White House. And then some of them are just about Michelle Obama, her gardening, her her, uh, nutrition efforts, her exercise efforts, all of that. Great poems. And so I said, oh, yeah. And, And I didn't select the winner. We always have a judge who selects the winner. But I mentioned to her, what, you know, what do you think cover-wise? Should we have a picture of Michelle Obama? You know, what should we do? And she said, yeah, we should have the painting, the painting that was created by Amy. Sure, it's Amy, oh, goodness, what is Amy's name? Ross, you know Amy's name. Uh, Amy Sherrill, yeah. <laughs> Amy Sherrill, thank you. Yeah. I can uh, think of her last name. But Amy Sherrill, who is in her own right an amazing artist. But um, she said, we should have that national portrait of her on the cover. And I thought, well, you don't ask for much, Celeste. Um, (laughs) So we had to figure out how to get this. And we were very lucky that it was purchased by the Smithsonian. And so everything uh, in the Smithsonian is free use to the public because it's a public domain. And so the only thing they wanted us to do was keep it intact. Don't, don't, you know, make it abstract. Don't put anything on top of the, the painting in terms of design. And so we were very lucky to get that. And Celeste's book remains today the, the top selling chapbook uh, that Backbone Press has published. So, and I, and I do, the poems are great, but I do <laughs> think that cover helps. <laughs> Absolutely. It's no coincidence that Bull City's top selling title also has an Amy Sherald painting on the cover. So future publishers, the, here's the secret to success. <laughs> Just get an Amy Sherald painting. No, I mean, really, it, she is maybe the greatest American painter working today. I just, she's just incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. We're, we're here in Durham and uh, Ross lives maybe about eight minutes from me, but we're here in Durham and Duke National Museum is one of our treasures here, and they actually own an Amy Sherrill painting. If anybody's in Durham, you should go by there and check it out. Now, Crystal, you're someone who not only uh, publishes chapbooks, but who writes chapbooks. And when I was digging around on the Backbone site, I found this wonderful moment where um, you articulate an answer to the question, why chapbooks? On the site, it says, uh, it makes reference to the, that a chapbook is a tiny functional work of art and a perfect fit. Um, I, th- I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about specifically the chapbook as a container, not only for you as a publisher, but maybe also for you as a writer. Chapbooks are wonderful because you can get a nice dose of poetry quickly. They're, they're not long reads, so you can get a dose of poetry quickly. And oftentimes, Reading a, an entire um, full-length manuscript or full-length book uh, of poems is is a little bit arduous, you know. I do it because I, I'm a I am a poet and and a writer, but this is just a great way to give people poetry, and and I and that's that's why I publish chapbooks. And I also think it's good for our readership. It's good for our capacity because we would have a hard time sort of you know supporting a full a full-length manuscript. In, in the terms of, you know, setting up readings and making sure all of all of that happened. So it's just perfect for us. 
for me, I, I write chapbooks. You're, you're right. I do myself write chapbooks. Um, I don't know how much I have to say. Sometimes I just don't have a, a lot to say. So I end up with with um, I end up with 24 poems and I'm like, 24 right. poems is good. That's all I want to say on this. You know? <laughs> and so I do. I actually have three three chapbooks. The only full length book that I have is called One Windows Light, uh, published by our wonderful friend, um, Andrew Salters with Unicorn Press. And that's co-authored. It's a book of haiku that I co-authored. So even there, I kind of cheated, you know, it's, mm. it's four, it's four other author, authors on that, that book as well. So, um, but that's the only full book I have so far. Something else I noticed at your website that I'm curious about and, and wondering if you could tell us some more about is a community outreach program called Writing Your Wrong. So writing your wrong was important for me. I just grew up and I grew up in a city. I grew up uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. And there were so many community efforts that were made um, to make sure my, my life worked and my mother as a single mother, her life worked. And so I just always knew, you know, whatever I did in life, I was going to do something community oriented or it was going to tie into the community in some way. And so for me, bringing poetry, and this is not uh, a new thing, you know, bringing poetry to prisoners and and vulnerable populations and, and offering them that um, as a outlet is not a new thing, you know, but it was something that I wanted to focus on. And so I started by going to prisons and sort of um, doing workshops there. And writing it wrong is really just a way for prisoners to express themselves or, or people, you know, who find themselves in um, the system to express themselves. You know, there a lot of times they're abandoned. They come from, they have all kinds of issues of abandonment, violence. They come from so much, just harsh backgrounds. And so they need a way to express themselves outside of violence and outside of, you know, crime. And, and oftentimes, you know, that's how they're expressing themselves. So I started by going to prisons, and then I found out there was a, a juvenile home here in Durham, North Carolina. And the juvenile home really spoke to me because these were young men who were awaiting their trial, and they mm -hmm. couldn't be put in adult prisons because they were like 14 or 15, you know. And so they were, they were put in these homes while they had to await their trial. And that population I really wanted to, um, I wanted to uh, focus on because they are the ones who can sort of bounce back, right? They, they get, right. this is like a first opportunity, you know, you've made a mistake, but you can bounce back. And so, um, so I went to the, the youth home and helped workshop, helped uh, workshops. And it was wonderful. The response was wonderful because they were, they were writing things. And, and a lot of them, some of the poetry that they wrote in the workshops, they would take, and I would tell them, take this to the judge and read what oh. you wrote uh, to the judge. And they would. And it, it was just, it was wonderful. So that's got to be really satisfying. It is. It is. Because you, you're actually making a difference. You know, it's one thing to provide a venue for poets of color. It's it, that's, but to actually make a difference in someone's life is very meaningful to me. And then I also ended up working for another program that really they provided a space for um, suspended children. And mm -hmm. so if you get suspended from school and you're suspended for seven days, you had to sort of go to this, this venue. And I went there too. And I, and I wrote, uh, had them write poems and just amazing, you know, writers. I tell them that first, at first they're kind of, uh, you know, 
reluctant, but I tell them, you like hip hop. If you like hip hop, you know how to write poetry. <laughs> and then, then the light comes on and they go, sure. oh, I can do this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's something really nice too um, about the brevity that we've been talking about with chapbooks and haiku. Your story about taking a single poem and reading it in front of the judge really sort of um, condenses it down to just like the power of a single poem having a difference or making a difference. So it's, 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 it's wonderful to hear the work that you're doing. Yeah, you, you, pour, you pour yourself into a poem, you know, that, that's why you write poetry. Anybody can write a short story or, or whatever, but you pour yourself into a poem. So, yeah, it makes a difference. Well, Crystal, we don't even have nearly enough time to cover all the amazing things that you do at Backbone Press. The Lucille Clifton Poetry Prize that you've awarded yearly, I think, is, is pretty amazing. But we've got to jump in to a new segment this season on the chapbook. It's called the quick round. So we're going to ask you several rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Crystal? I, I think so. <laughs> All right. Here's number one. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? Yes. Interesting. All right. Question number two. If you were trapped on a desert island with only one chapbook, which would it be? Oh, Goodness gracious, right. that is a difficult question. Wow. It should probably be a Backbone Press title, right? <laughs> 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 you know, uh, Ross and I have gone back and forth on, on uh, the first uh, book, chapbook I published, uh, Tyree Day's um, mm. Sea Island Blues. But I, I, that book is so close to me. Uh, it was one of the first I published. I was a new editor, I admit, you know, uh, but... It was one. Of, it's one of my favorite chapbooks because Tyree speaks so clearly of you know slavery and ancestry and just I mean amazing. So I, it would probably be Sea Island Blues. Mm, good call. Question number three: What writing advice have you found most useful? Was it hit? I, I think it was might have been Thoreau. I can't. I may be quoting the wrong writer, but it was the person who said, "Don't be a writer, be writing." So yeah, that's the thing. I think it was Thoreau who said that, but uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, I, I think that we, we can get really stuck in our heads sometimes and we, we got to get out of our heads and we have all these ideas and things we want to do and, and they're all just stuck there and just, just do it. All right. Next question. Who is an underrated writer that you'd like to shout out? Someone that you don't publish at Backbone. Angela Belcher L. Epps. And Angela is an amazing writer. She uh, published with uh, Main Street Rag. It's called Salt in the Sugar Bowl. And that was a novella. And that book has now been accepted by, uh, well, it's not been accepted, but she has an agent who's shopping a full uh, novel for her. Uh, and I think that she's underrated, but she won't be for long because you'll, you'll know all about her soon. Number five, which chapbooks or chapbook presses inspired you most when you started Backbone Press? You know, I submitted to, I remember the the places I submitted and I thought that they were quite interesting. Tupelo Press, I, I thought was uh, very interesting, but they've been doing this for a very long time. And they certainly, you know, served as a model for me when I I started uh, Backbone Press. I also like Coffeehouse Press. I, I think that they are uh, quite interesting. Along those lines, tell us where we can find your chat books. I started out with Finishing Line Press. I think a lot of people start with Finishing Line Press. They publish a lot of chapbooks, so they have a lot more room. 
And then the other two chapbooks that I have uh, are with Longleaf Press, and they're uh, out of Methodist University here in North Carolina. And they were run by a husband and wife who were professors there for quite a while. And they both retired, and now they've given that press to Shannon Ward, and it's hers now. And so I have had the pleasure, because Shannon is, she's a wonderful, wonderful soul, wonderful spirit. I love Shannon. And I've had the uh, pleasure of mentoring her and helping her start this whole thing. So I, I've helped her start the, the business, helped her you know, establish this nonprofit, and helped her learn to graphic design. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm really happy to do that. Uh, and she, she's very excited about you know, running and owning the press. So that's where my, my two latest chapbooks, that would be Running Music and Down to Earth are. Tell us about some new titles coming from Backbone. Okay, so I have uh, a couple here. The last contest winner was uh, In Your Absence by Lindsay Young, and she's just a a magnificent writer. Uh, This book is sort of wrought with grief. It's the death of her mother, and so all of these poems are sort of dedicated to her mother, but it's a a wonderful read. And this, uh, I'm saying this as if you can see me, but this is uh, uh, Who All Gonna Be There? Who are going to be there by Danielle P. Williams. This book has been selling off the shelf. I think it has something to do with the fact that Danielle is also a spoken word artist. And so when you read these poems, you can almost hear her voice. You can, you know, and, and they're just, they're beautiful. They're, they're a little bit angry, you know, sometimes they're meditative, but it's all about blackness and, and black womanhood and, and what it's like to sort of exist in the world and struggle. And it's, it's just beautiful. So. Crystal, thanks so much for being here with us today. Friends, go support Backbone Press by visiting backbonepress.org. You can follow them on Twitter at Backbone Poetry. You should get on your web browser right now. Make that happen. Fear not, listeners, you'll find links galore in the show notes for today's episode. In the meantime, be sure to click subscribe to get new episodes of The Chapbook as soon as they go live. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Overcast, and all other major pod places. Take a moment to rate us five stars, and if you would, tell your friends about this little podcast. You can always find out what we're up to by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull City Press or visit our website, BullCityPress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. I'm at Ross White. You can email us at chatbook at BullCityPress.com. We've loved having you today and we'll catch you next time. 